This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanc St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. And I thought, when last have I actually told somebody about Jesus in a bold way? I've been doing this course and that course and worried that, you know, there's not enough money for rent and... You know, this and that. And he said, eternal purposes. Success isn't about having your own car and your own house. It's not about being able to have Netflix and get an iPad for your son. Eternal purposes. We're getting swayed away. In Guernsey, there's a lot of people to compare yourself to. There's a lot of wealth. There's also a lot of depression. More so than I realized. And both these scriptures were encouraging us about eternal purposes. What are we doing that actually lasts? When we leave this earth and you're at your dying days, have you got something that's lasting Is there a soul that's come to God through you? Is there maybe someone you've encouraged? This man may have left money, but he was he was alone when he died. The people who find it easier in the old age homes are those who are part of a church beautifully because Some Methodist ministers come and visit. They have contact with somebody who cares, even if they paid to do it. Some people don't see their families except for Christmas and birthdays because they can't face the Alzheimer's and dementia because they don't recognize them. They still know you're there. They need a hand. Pray for them. If they don't recognize you, just sit with them. When you prayed for me this morning, your husband said quite a few words and then you said the word boldness. And it's really hard for me because God said to me, I need to preach to the poor. I mean, where do you start? But he reminded me it's the poor in heart. I come from South Africa and many poor communities there are richer in spirit because they focus on eternal purpose. They praise God for the rain. They look after the elderly. Sometimes keep them with them till they die. I know this isn't always possible for us. I know it's very different in different societies. But the boldness you said I need to use, I thought let me do it today. And maybe this means something to somebody. Eternal purposes. Each day when you wake up, think, Lord, can I do something that's going to last? So I pray that this year can really be focused on that because what else are we here for? You know, I wanted to do my master's in music therapy. I, I haven't, I couldn't, it was too expensive. But I can play my instruments to the old people. 
maybe at their bedside and it's the same thing. I just don't have the certificate and the, the same salary for it. Let's not get sidetracked by so much bettering ourselves. We've come to the world with nothing. We leave with nothing. We only something because of Jesus. And it's hard out there. Sometimes when the worship team says, are you happy everyone? Are you happy? No. No, I've been depressed. I've been on antidepressants and I know there are people in this room that have too. I struggle with life. When you want to sing joy of the Lord, that's not easy. Let's get real. We're not all happy. Jesus never said we'd be happy all the time. Life is tough. We're not little smiley happy faces with our our children that never cry during worship and sit still the whole time. That's not real. So I pray we'll be real with each other. Invite each other to our homes. Encourage each other and remember our eternal purposes. Thank you. Phrase eternal purpose, that is awesome. Okay, got Bibles with you. I know time is going, so uh, we'll see how far we get. I want to read uh, Psalm 107, which is great, isn't it? We're not kind of bound to any particular formation or formula as God moves, we're happy to flow with that. I want to talk about, uh, kind of fit in a little bit. How to come out of a wilderness. I think often at times we can suddenly find ourselves. and It's not an easy explanation, but sometimes we just kind of find ourselves all in a, in a wilderness. And I just want to talk about it a little bit, and we'll see how far we get. I'll probably only, I might only probably reach the first couple of points, but we'll just see. Psalm 107, verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Sorry, verse, did I say that? Verse 4. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distress. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Then Isaiah 43. I'll kind of, I'll just do one verse for the sake of time. Isaiah 43. This one, verse verse 19, Isaiah 43, verse 19. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make a, a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Psalm 107 really is about a people who kind of found themselves in a desert. Have you ever felt sometimes that you, you feel like you're in a desert, a bit of a wilderness? How many of you have ever felt that? Yeah. I don't think one person ever not felt that. Uh, and that sometimes it just comes unexpectedly. But the wonderful thing about this psalm, it isn't so much about being in the wilderness. The great theme of it is how to come out of the wilderness. Uh, and it just talks about how, the, how the, that we can actually 
come out of wilderness. And you'll find that some of the great saints of the Bible had wilderness experiences. How many found that? People like Elijah, Moses. They all had these kind of wilderness experiences. This sense of, how did I get there? And I think various things, can, various factors can cause us to find ourselves in the wilderness. I think things like, when things don't turn out the way that we hoped they'd turn out. You know, I'm talking about where you, that dream you had, that, 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 that kind of vision that was in your heart, and almost there becomes a gap between what God put in your heart, and it doesn't seem to be happening the way that you kind of thought it would happen. Relationships don't turn out, turn out the way you thought they would. Maybe a job situation didn't turn out the way it would. And we kind of end up getting discouraged and we find ourselves in a wilderness. And I think it can often cause us to become a little bit cynical and we don't pray about things as we once did because of the disappointment or the discouragement that something didn't turn out the way that we kind of maybe thought it kind of would turn out that way. I think another way is that sometimes choices that we make, we can make wrong choices that kind of move us away from God. Almost this sense that, God, I know what I'm doing is not right, that that attitude, that action. And it's almost that the moment we we make a wrong choice or the moment we we move in in a way of disobedience, we kind of find ourselves in a wilderness. In other words, the decisions and the choices that sometimes we can make can move us away from God's purpose and plan for our life. And that kind of brings us into a wilderness. I think another thing can be where, where we have unresolved things, where we get hurt. We maybe get betrayed by someone. Somebody you trusted has betrayed you in some way. I can remember many years ago, somebody literally robbed us of money. <laughs> A Christian. And those kind of things kind of, Emily know that. They kind of they heard of it. Is that right? So you can be betrayed. People can break your trust in some sort of way. And we get hurt by what takes place. We experience some rejection. I think trauma, some real powerful trauma, some hurtful events and it, that we never really confront, that we never really deal with, and it kind of it causes us then to find ourselves in a wilderness. There's another one, busyness. Sometimes we can get so busy in life that we really don't have much time for God. I don't think it's so much, it's not so much what we do with the time, it's, it's what we prioritise. And sometimes we can be going here, there and everywhere and we begin to pull back on our time with God. And we make all, especially at the beginning of the year, we all make great promises. Is that true? You know, someone was saying the other day that, I'm not going to say, but they went to Weight Watchers, so I'm not going to say who they were, but when they went, they said, it's absolutely jam-packed. And I guarantee, three, four months down the line, anybody would say that place is still going to be jam-packed. Because we all have the, the incredible, yeah, we're going to really go for it. We have this resolve, we're going to go for it. But often, when the challenges come, the busyness kind of creeps in and we kind of pull back. And that can happen in our spiritual lives. Let me just talk a little bit about three things. I don't know if I'm going to get to three things, but three things that happen in a wilderness. And this is the one I want to really focus on. A wilderness is a, there's the first one, a dry 
place. I want to read you a verse. Right? It kind of struck me the other day. Luke eleven twenty four. How do you believe, and I know hopefully we all do, in the demonic realm? Do you know there are demons? I thought about that. After we, dangerous in today's church often, it's almost, we kind of, we don't even think they exist almost. We know they do, but we don't kind of recognize that we have to deal with them. But there's an interesting phrase that Jesus uses here. Luke eleven twenty four. It says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry, notice this, what? Dry places. Seeking rest and finds none. He says, I'll return to the house from which I came. Really, it's almost this sense that do you know, unclean spirits, demonic spirits, hate water. They, they hate what is watered. And it's interesting that demons thrive where in dry places. The enemy walks in a dry place. So maybe if you're in a dry place, you're vulnerable to the enemy because the enemy traffics in where in a dry place. It always used to be a scripture. I was kind of, one of these things I love here, but it was kind of a little bit strange. Remember that time when Jesus, when demons asked permission to do, remember that? They said, can we go into those pigs? I remember that. And they go, and they go into the pigs. That, that's a strange thing. And there's lots of reasons for that, but it's interesting. The Bible says the pigs, what, went over the side, and where do they go? They went into the water. Isn't that interesting? Because almost, the demonic realm, if you like, hates water. And a dry place, really, is an open door for the enemy. And so whenever there's a dry place, whether it be in our marriages or relationships, or spiritually speaking, that where we are in a place of dryness, that's often where the enemy would flow in because he specialises, he loves the dry places. Look at this great verse. The opposite end of it. John 7, verse 37. Listen to what Jesus says. Well-known scripture. John 7, verse 37. On the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. I love it. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow what? I love it. Rivers of living water. Now you think about this. It says on the last day of the feast, the Jews have been celebrating, if you like, a religious feast. That feast was when they actually celebrated the time when Moses gave them water in the desert. And they'd get water jugs and cast these water jugs down. And it was the last day of the feast. In other words, they'd, they'd all gone to their religious ceremony, but they came back out of that religious ceremony. That which proclaimed water, that which proclaimed, if you like, freshness, 
And they'd come out of that religious ceremony dry, frustrated and empty. And Jesus on the last day said to them, listen, you don't have to live your life anymore. Frustrated and empty. I've come that you might have rivers and rivers of living water might flow of you. That you'd be satisfied. That you'd be filled that you would experience an incredible life. You don't have to live empty. You don't have to live your life under heavy loads. It's interesting. That word cry, it's a Greek word that's only mentioned twice in the whole of the New Testament. And it means scream. So actually it says that Jesus didn't just shout it, he screamed it. Because he wanted people to experience and encounter that I've come that you might have rivers of living water. And he's saying, come to me. I'm the quencher of your thirst. I'm the meter of your need. I'm the healer of your diseases. It's amazing sometimes we can come to church or we can go through the exteriors of it all I never really, sometimes, never come to Jesus. And the point is, and I think it's been great this morning because, and I know people came to Jesus, because the point is that we can come to church without coming to Jesus. And if we've not really come to Jesus, then we've missed the point of what it's all about. Because Jesus says, I want you to experience and encounter me. Because unless we experience, encounter and come to him, then we will be in a dry place. Because that's where our thirst that's where our thirst really is satisfied by coming to Jesus the living God the one with the living water and he says he says come to me and then he says if you would believe in me if you read that scripture through he goes on to say that when Jesus spoke of the water he spoke of the spirit because they would not yet received yet because he had not yet been glorified So he says, if you would believe in me and what the finished work of my cross will accomplish, then you would be a vehicle and a vessel for living waters to flow over it. Do you know an interesting thing? The living waters aren't somewhere out there somewhere in heaven. You know where the living waters are? They're in your innermost being. Didn't he say that? Out of your innermost, he didn't say out of heaven, he said it's already there. And if you would just believe in me, if you would just open your life to me, if you allow all the barriers and all the walls, all the things you build up against me, you'd allow those to fall down, then out of your innermost being is going to flow this incredible water. And we're praying in the men's matter of fact, yesterday morning. I had this thing about being a hose. I thought, really, that's what we are really, when it comes down to, all we are really. We are just spiritual hoses. That God fills us with the water and all we do is kind of let it flow out of us. We just hose around. We heard earlier about, you know, homes and things like that. We go to the places where there's dryness and deadness and we're just a vehicle, a vessel, that we just allow the rivers of water to flow out of us. We begin to water other people's gardens. And I tell you what, there's a lot of gardens out there that are really spiritually dry, Amen. And so we are just a hose that comes up and we begin to hose all these dry gardens. People that are broken, people that are hurting, people that are lonely and empty, we're just a hose and we just, we just hose their gardens. Because out of your innermost being will what will flow? Rivers. And here's the point. 
If I'm dry, how can I then be a river? That's not what God's plan for you is. God's goal and purpose for you is to be a river that flows out of you. A spiritual hose that impacts and touches everyone around. I like to use it this phrase. It's out of the overflow. How many love being filled with the Spirit? That's awesome. You know, that's not God's maximum purpose for you. God's maximum purpose for you is not to be filled, but to overflow. Because if you're filled, that's awesome. That's just for you. But when you overflow, that's for other people. Because God wants what's in you to come out of you. I think once someone described this way, that you leak. Wherever you go, you leak, you know. At work, wherever you are, your home, you're just leaking what the Spirit is pouring out of you. And dryness, the enemy wants to bring dryness so he quenches what the purpose of God for your life. Notice this. Jesus said he didn't begin with a river actually. You know where it begins? It says, if anyone is thirsty. Rivers begin not, rivers begin with a thirst. But almost there's a cry in your heart that says, God, I can't live without the living waters. And the more thirsty you are, the more capacity there is for God to move in your life. You know, in a desert, you know what dryness is. You know, we know a little bit of dryness, but I'm talking in a desert, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's almost a dryness that's almost beyond our comprehension. A parchedness, a dryness. And often, when we're in that place, we realise how much we need to drink. And the more thirsty you are, the more desperate you are, the more that sense in you says, God, I've got to have that living water. I can't live in this condition. I've got to have the living waters of God. And the more thirsty you are, the more God will begin to fill you and work through you. I think it was A.W. Tozer said this. He said, a complacent soul is a stagnant soul. So basically, the biggest barrier to being a vessel that the river waters flow out of is where we get complacent. Is where we get self-satisfied with what we have. But the more we want, the more we thirst, the more we hunger, the more God is going to fill us. Can you say amen? Smith Wigglesworth said, to hunger and thirst after righteousness is when nothing in the world can fascinate us as much as being near to God. And sometimes the tragedy is this. We can settle for so little when there's so much for us to have. Isn't that awesome? And I think so easy, just I think we heard it, it's so easy to kind of get comfortable and settle with what we have. When God, you know, sometimes, I think, I forget it was, but someone said often, we settle with a thimbleful when God's got a, when God's got a vast ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this awesome ocean that God has for us. But we've got a thirst for it, we've got a hunger for it, we've got a desire for it. A young man once went to this man of God many years ago and says, I want more of God. So he took him to the river. I don't recommend this, incidentally. He took him to the river, got him to stand in the river, and then he pushed him right down, held him down for a long time. Hopefully not too long, but he held him down. And eventually pulls him back up, and the guy's going, <coughs> coughing. And he says, when you long for God as you long for breath, then you will really meet God. 
And I think it's the truth. When we say, God, I'm so hungry, I'm so thirsty for more of you, then God will respond to a heart that is thirsty and desiring for him. And God says, I'm going to just call rivers. You think about it, where do the rivers begin? He says, in the wilderness. That place where we feel dry, that place where we feel past, that place where we feel desperate. God said it's in that kind of condition, that place where everything seems to have fallen apart, you've got nothing else to rely on, you've got nothing else to trust on, and you're in this kind of wilderness condition, and God says right in that place, one of the most barren, difficult places of all, and I'm going to cause to happen, I'm going to cause a river to happen. You know what that tells me? That tells me, Whatever position or condition, whatever the pressure is, wherever the problem is, wherever the difficulties, wherever the challenge is, there's no place too hard for God to put a river in. Now, I learned this as a truth. Actually, it's a true fact. Do you know where some of the largest rivers are? Do you know what? They're under the ground. Often in deserts. But they're so deep, they're right under the ground. Which tells me there's no place, there's no situation that we're in where God can't cause a river to flow. Sometimes we think we're in this place, it's so hard, how can God ever cause a river to flow there? Or, or that challenge I'm facing, that problem I'm facing. But God says no matter how hard that circumstance, that situation is, that means the harder the situation, the greater candidate you are for an outpouring. Isn't that awesome? And you'll find some of the greatest outpouring of the Spirit, you know when they happen? Sometimes in the most harsh, difficult conditions. Some of the hardest places in the face of the earth saw revivals because people were desperate. People were so thirsty for God. The Welsh revival is a particular example of that. A place that there was so much crime, it was absolutely in a hard, difficult place. And right in the most unlikeliest place in the face of the earth, God poured out the greatest outpouring that touched the whole world. Isn't that awesome? Anything you can do that in Guernsey. He can do that in your life. Because right there in the wilderness is our cause, a mighty river to flow. Amen. Here's the second thing. Tom's going back. The wilderness is not only a dry place, but it's also a directionless place. If you got lost on a desert, you know why it all looks the same? Everywhere you go, it looks exactly the same. That's why the Bible says the children of Israel, they wandered around 40 years in a circle. I'm sure I saw that palm tree before. Or I'm sure that, that, that kind of looks very familiar. And they just went in a dark, they were just going in a circle. And after a wilderness, it's very hard to know your bearing because everything for mile after mile after mile looks exactly the same. You know why? If you were to find a compass right there in the sand, you go, Wow! A compass. And even though it might just give you one pointer of north, how many know that would kind of help you to find direction? How many glad for the word of God that comes to impact us and to give us direction for our lives? Listen to this. When Jesus was in the wilderness, the enemy is attacking him. He begins to quote from Deuteronomy. And he quotes this, and he's taken, I think, Deuteronomy, and he says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the Father. 
I think the amazing thing about our wilderness is this. Is that an opportunity for you to get away with God and begin to receive his personal word for your life? I think one of the things we need to learn in our wilderness experience, you know what, you know what helps us to, where we begin to throw away distractions. See, what the enemy did is always distracting us, always trying to distract you. What's he distracting you from? From you getting alone with God so that you can hear God's voice for yourself. You know, it's awesome. We've got so much stuff today, Christian stuff, haven't we? You know, you, you, know, and you can listen to sermons literally from 24-7, all over thousands and thousands of sermons, and yet not really spend time to hear from God for yourself. And I think what God wants us to do is where we begin to attune our lives, position ourselves to get a word from God. I was thinking of Elijah in the wilderness. The Bible says God spoke to him in a still, small voice. One word from God can change your life forever. And I love this fact that Jesus loves to speak. He says, my sheep, what do they do? They know my voice. So every believer has the capacity to hear God speaking. And when you hear that word from God, sometimes it's just a phrase. And that phrase sometimes can, it just changes your whole outlook on life. The way you face a problem. The way you deal with relationships. Just one word from God changes the whole thing. But we've got to be willing to spend that time to say, Lord, every word proceeds from you. Speak a now word into my heart. I need to hear from you about this. You know what I'm saying today? Never make a decision without firstly hearing a word from God. How many, and I, put, I would probably put two hands up. How many can look at mistakes you've made because you never heard from God? <laughs> and God is the God that wants to speak, that wants to direct, and wants to speak a personal word into your heart, into your life, that will give you di- the direction, that will give you the destiny, that will give you the purpose for your life. But you've got to get a word from God for yourself. It's not going to come from any other source until you get a word from God for yourself. And one word from him will change you forever. Can you say amen? So the thing about a wilderness, it can be directionless, but also only glad that God speaks. And I think one of the big things we've got to kind of, I said before, just throw off distractions. Spend the time and say, God, I'm going to spend this hour or so. And I'm not going to, how many know that sometimes our prayers can just be one-way conversation? <laughs> and we're, we're telling God, but what about the fact that God maybe want to speak to you as well? So why not spend the time and say, God, I'm just going to get here, I'm going to get a notebook, and I'm just going to wait on you, and I'm going to just still my heart, and I'm going to open my heart, and allow you to speak to me. And I found this, I get a book, I get a pen, you know what that means? That means I'm expectant. And maybe just, I get just a phrase, and it's amazing what else, it's like a flow. I don't know, God speaks, it's a flow, it just flows, it flows, it flows. But you've got to give him time to speak. And you'll find in that wilderness, the moment you get a word from God, it just changes everything. Amen? Here's the, the third thing. How many know the wilderness is a difficult place? Let me read you one from Deuteronomy again. Deuteronomy 8, 2 to 3. Here 
here's something very, very interesting. What happens in the wilderness? Deuteronomy 8, 2 to 3. And you shall remember the Lord your God who led you all these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. And here's the phrase when see, to know that what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. See, one thing about a wilderness is this. Sometimes it reveals what's really going on inside us. You know, the truth is sometimes we don't really know our own heart sometimes. And it's often in those challenging, hard moments, that harsh condition, that we really begin to find out what was really in our hearts. And almost as I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that attitude was there. I didn't know I responded. I didn't really know what was in the heart until it was pressurized, until the challenge came. Then I discovered what was really in the depths of my heart. And the wonderful thing is that once you see it, then you're able to deal with it. How can you deal with something you never see? Is that true? But often when you go through the challenge to the wilderness, these things begin, you think, I'm a, I didn't realize, and it just comes to the surface. Things that were all, all wait, all, they were always there, but suddenly through the pressures of things, they just flow to your mind. And you say, God, I didn't realize that was there. And then you begin to let God deal with it and remove it. You can say, Amen. Let me close with this. Go back to Isaiah. Three things, well, I say three things, but I'll just stick to two things. This is what I think, if we're to come out of our wilderness, there's a couple of things that, that Isaiah tells us to do. Isaiah 43. There's the, there's the, this is what he tells us to do. For, wilderness, for, the, for the rivers to run in the wilderness, there's a, a couple of great things to take, take to heart. He says, behold, there's the first thing, I do a new thing. And you realize that God is a God of new things. I just think that's awesome. God is a God of new things. And what he says is that I want you to declare it. I want you to sing about it. I want you to be new thing focused. That I'm a God of new things. Begin to declare it into the atmosphere. Begin to see that God is going to do a new thing. Because God never does the same thing twice. He's a God of new things. He never runs out of ideas because he's always doing new things. And he says, forget the former things. The way to remain in your wilderness is to hold on to the former things. I think I shared last, I think last week how the, the, we, we, still, we can very much hold on to our past. And if we hold on to the past, it stops us from coming into the fresh thing that God has. And he says, forget the former things. The mistakes, the disappointments, the failures, all that stuff. Just forget it. Even the good things. Even the amazing thing that God does. Even the experiences. The amazing experiences that we have of God. Even this morning, and it's been wonderful, it's been fantastic, but everybody knows it's over-finished. God does new things. No matter how great my experience was, how awesome it was, how amazing it was. In fact, the question is this. It's not that I was filled with the Spirit yesterday, the issue is, am I filled with the Spirit right here and now? I can't live in the past. I can't live off past experiences. I can't live off past encounters. I've got to live in the, what God is doing in the present. Now, forget the former things. Because the former things will always be a barrier to the new things. 
Ever read this? And you do, I found this, you do it a certain way, and it's amazing, it works. You think, wow, that's amazing, I'll try that, and you do it again, and it don't work. How many found that? Because God is a God of new things. And God wants you to begin to flow in the new things he has for you. Because that's where God is operating in the new. Now notice what he says. He says, behold. In other words, behold, I do a new thing. And that means to observe. It means to look. And notice what he says. He says, not that I'm going to do a new thing. Well, that's part of it. It's I'm going to. In other words, it's in present tense. Here and now. God is the I am God. He's the God who's in the now. He's the now God. And he says, don't hold on to the former things. Don't keep looking back to the former past things. Don't behold those things. But learn to develop a mindset that beholds the new things. That's open to the new things. That's beholding it. That's opening their heart. Opening their their situation for God to come and do new things. I think it's awesome to think that God never repeats himself. Isn't that amazing? I love that. You look at yourself, for example. You think all of us, all of us are here today. We've got two, eye, you know, two eyes, two ears, whatever. Some hair, some not so much hair. But, you know, we've got that sort of stuff. And it amazing? We all look differently. Isn't that amazing? Because God is a God of variation. He never does it the same way. Our challenge is to find out the new thing that he's doing and begin to flow in it. See, God is a God of seasons. And we've got to flow in the season what God has for our life. Begin to live in that season and say, God, this is a new season. What is this new season for? We receive the filling of the Spirit. We receive a new word, a fresh word, because God gives you a fresh filling. He gives you a fresh word, new manner for each day. Amen? And so we live in that newness, that freshness, what God has for us. And that's what keeps us out of our wilderness, because if we're living with fresh things then we're not going to live in dry things. Because it's fresh things, fresh spirit, fresh word, fresh things that God is pouring into our life. Let's stand. I did mean to say, actually, while we're there, that the blessing I spoke last week, that if you want that blessing, that I've written that out, so if you want to take a copy of that blessing I spoke last week, it's all there on the front page, so take a hold of that blessing. We prayed over the church last week. When you're right now, just... Just lift your hand to heaven right now. And maybe right, you're here today and say, Lord, I, maybe I feel I've been in the wilderness. That wilderness has been a dry place, that's been a, a directionless place, that's been a, a desolate place. But Lord, I ask you today that you would, in my wilderness, cause a river to flow again. Put a river right now. Put a wilderness, put a river in the wilderness. God, I pray for a fresh word from you. Speak a fresh word to my life for this coming year. Let a new fresh word be spoken over my life into my circumstances today. Help me to be a person who focuses not on what has gone, but Lord beholds you as the God of new things. Don't ever let me live in the past. But always help me to live in the new things that you have for my life. Help me not to live in the dry place, but to live in the place where rivers 
of living water flown out of me. Father, I pray for every heart and every life here today. Cause rivers of living water to flow right now, God. Lord, we ask for the rivers of living water to flow in every heart and every life right now. I release over every life, every heart, Lord, rivers of living water. I pray, let those rivers flow, God. Let the rivers of living water flow. Let it go from this place and let it go into the homes. Let it go into the communities. Let it go even into the nations, I pray. Let the rivers flow out, God. Let the rivers flow Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.